Thanks again for your giving. And uh, I have been excited for today, for this Sunday in particular. Uh, we are trying something that we've never done before, and you'll see in just a minute what we're going to try to accomplish here. But I want to remind us this morning, uh, for those that are connected with us on a regular basis, what we as a church stand for, what we are all about. Our mission, church, is to be a spirit-filled church committed to glorifying God by connecting the people of the lakeshore with God, say it with me, with each other, and with the world, right? And our vision is to be a healthy, multiplying church known for making an impact in this community and in the world. When people ask you, what is the, the Gateway Church about? That's who we are. That's who we're trying to be. And when it says that we are to be a healthy church, we know that a healthy church is a missions-giving church. How many say amen to that? A missions-going church, a mission-sending church. And what's interesting about that is that not just the local church is healthy when it has a missions mind, but you as an individual are more healthy when you think beyond yourself. And as a family, your family will be more healthy if you are thinking beyond yourself in missions mind. So today, we want to focus on that part that we're making an impact in our community. And I want to tell you a quick story, and then we're going to introduce some guests, and then we're going to kind of blaze our way through, and then at the end, we're going to have a chance to pray for our guests. But I want you to go back four or five years ago. We were doing an assessment here at the Gateway Church. In fact, uh, one of the things that God put on our hearts was for me, with the, a board member, we visited every single family within the church. Some of you were in that uh, mix, and we remember us coming to your home. We asked three questions. The first question was, what do you like best about the Gateway Church? The second was, if you could change one thing, what would it be? And then the third was, how can we bless your family, or how can we bless you as an individual? And out of that, something emerged that was really off our radar. It shouldn't have been, but it was. But as we met with families over and over, we heard that the people of the Gateway Church at that point, which was a much smaller group, they wanted to make an impact, wanted to make a difference in this community. We are doing some things overseas and uh, doing quite a good job there. But locally, we were probably not as strong as we could have been. And so today is a report on that progress, the movement that we've seen. I want to remind you that Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We love that, especially as a Pentecostal church, right? But then it says, and you will, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. You could put in there that we, you will be my witnesses in Spring Lake, and for the Lakeshore, and in all Michigan, and to the ends of the world. That is what the power of the Holy Spirit helps us to accomplish. And it's our privilege, but it's, not, it's more than our privilege. It's our responsibility to make a difference, to reach the lost, and to care about souls. So again, this morning, we're going to get a snapshot, a progress report on some of the things that God is doing locally. Now, there's a question that often comes for those of us that give to missions on a regular basis. We say, does the missions dollars that we give, do those dollars make a difference? Or what is the difference that our missions dollars are, are that we give? What is, what is, where is the fruit in that? And today you're going to get a piece of that answer. 
We also are believing God for an awareness, a burden to get involved in our local community. And a couple weeks ago, I was challenged. I was in a pastor's gathering, and the question was, if your church ceased to exist, just closed its doors, would anyone even know? And I believe that God is going to help us to grow, that if we did cease to exist, that there would be an incredible hole in this community. And this morning, we're going to hear from those in our community that are making a difference, that we have linked arms with, that we are supporting through regular faith promise giving. It supports these local ministries. We normally give a Royal Gateway welcome, and uh, we, you know, a standing ovation. It takes about a minute or so, but if we did that for all of our guests today, church, we'd be in trouble. It would be like noon before we start second service. So this morning, we're just going to do a normal welcome, okay, <laughs> but with enthusiasm on each one. But this morning, our first guest is Kevin Newton, and he is serving at the Muskegon Rescue Mission. And would you put your hands together for our guest, Kevin Newton, as he comes and shares what God is doing at the Muskegon Rescue Mission. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. It is a privilege to be here, and uh, I've already reconnected with a lot of friends in ministry this morning, and, and I know we're all excited to be here. The Re Muskegon Rescue Mission is an extension of the local church, this church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are told that we are Christ's ambassadors, as if God is making his appeal through us. And that is what God is doing. God is counting on us to make his appeal. At the Muskegon Rescue Mission, every day, men, women, and children come, and many times, lonely, scared, tired, hungry, cold, and worst of all, hopeless. And they expect to find comfort, food, shelter, warmth, caring, and maybe friendship and love. And they do, because we're open. For 107 years, Muskegon Rescue Mission has been open every day, all day, since 1907, so praise God. It is a place where people know they can always come. It is the last resort for many people and, and for many, many hundreds every year. It is the place where they have their divine appointment, where Christ pursues and pursues and pursues and reaches them through his ambassadors, whether it's our staff, our chapel speakers, or you as a volunteer. Uh, people are met at the mission and find the Lord. Awesome. We provide services that include what you might expect, which is food, shelter, and clothing. We also provide discipleship programs where people can stay with us for an extended period. They can have a Bible study, counseling, medical care, mental health care. We help them with job training and placement. We help them with money management. We partner with other ministries. Some of them are here this morning to help people rebuild their lives. And we've seen many, many great testimonies. Uh, we have a guy right now in our program named Ken who came to us directly out of prison. No relationship with his family. His two daughters and his wife had, had uh, broken ties with him because of his failures. Came directly to us out of prison, totally hopeless, and basically spent his days in our TV room staring at the floor. One of our guys in our discipleship program reached out to him he decided to join our program, and 10 months later, he's close to graduating. He's reconnected with his family and restored those relationships. He's a new grandfather, and he is looking forward to uh, a, a new life with employment, housing, and ministry as part of it with his family. Those kinds of stories happen every day uh, at the mission. 
because of your support. I would say winter is coming. Please pray for our staff. Uh, we're busy all year, but in wintertime, it's intense, and we covet your prayers. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Amen. And the rescue mission is one of the newest missions that we've picked up for monthly support, and we are glad to link arms. And I know that I love the connection within other, with other organizations as well to reach this community. The second guest that we have is not a stranger to us, was actually with us over the summer. Sarah Miner, she works with the Lakeshore Pregnancy Center, which is now called Positive Options. Put your hands together for Sarah. Come and share. Give us a report on what God is doing in Grand Haven. Thank you. It's like being at home when I come here. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, just an update. You guys did amazing things. Last time I was here, you were very generous, and we were able to kind of launch our uh, capital campaign through you. You were one of the first churches to say, let's go. Um, so we're making progress on that. Uh, but just to kind of recap who we are as a ministry, um, our mission is really to just love people to life, um, plain and simple. Uh, they come to us hopeless. I, I think hope is going to be a theme among the ministries here. <laughs> um, they come to us very hopeless. And so we have a chance to give them the life and the abundant life of Christ. And so we're thankful for that. We do that through responding to an unplanned pregnancy um, and teaching biblical sexuality, giving them hope, um, so many things. And, yeah, this summer has been pretty incredible. I'm new in my role, and so it's kind of been a learning curve for everyone at our center, and um, God has really blessed it. He's doing a mighty work there. Um, you, you're familiar with our programs, but we have the medical services that we offer and um, as well as the education and support, and we're still doing that. Um, I have an updated flyer for you. If you gave toward our capital campaign, I have an update on what we're going to be doing with that. Um, so please see me in the foyer afterwards if you'd like that. Um, story. I have so many, and I sat there last night thinking, what do I share? <laughs> um, there's just, God is just always at work. Every week there's something that we go, wow, that was totally him. We had nothing to do with that. So, But I, I fall back on this story because it just, it comes up again and again in different lives. A, a young lady, a professional, um, had everything going for her and, and walked through our doors going, oh boy. <laughs> I think I'm expecting, and not interested in, in doing the parent thing at that time, and had the abortion scheduled, um, pretty adamant that that was what she was going to do, met with us, and really our goal is to support and encourage her toward life. We don't make the decision for her, but we really know that our God is a God of life, and so we pray that over them, we believe that for them, and hopefully, and most of the time, they do change their mind. So in her case, a um, couple days went by, we maintained some contact. Long and short is um, she did. She canceled that appointment, and she carried that little one, and that little one is beautiful. And she is, she is doing well. She is in a church. She is worshiping. She is um, being mentored. And, you know, again, that was one of those situations. That was all God. <laughs> um, we can just encourage, uh, but God really did the work there. So thank you, Gateway. There's nothing more to say. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Sarah, for your continued reaching out, saving lives, literally, and uh, you're making a difference. Uh, it's interesting where our church is located at this point. Um, we are right on the 
uh, or not the county line, but the city line. Just north of here is Muskegon, and we're in Spring Lake, but literally just into Spring Lake. And so we go south often with our missions dollars. Uh, but not too long ago, we said, man, we, we love what God's doing at the Muskegon uh, or at the uh, Lakeshore Pregnancy Center with positive options. And, uh, but what about Muskegon as well? And so recently we picked up Muskegon Pregnancy uh, Services, which is called Best Options, not Positive Options, but Best Options. And Priscilla is here to share with us a report on what God's done and what God is doing in Muskegon. And I am delighted to be here for the first time and so delighted to have you as part of our support system. We are a parachurch ministry just as Lakeshore is. So we do, we are the, the outreach to the unexpectedly pregnant from your church. And we've been in, uh, we've been serving that particular community in Muskegon for 29 years. This is our 29th year. And it's totally founded on the principle that life is precious from conception because God says so. Our goal is always to reach the, the abortion vulnerable clients, speaking the truth of life in love and reaching them at their time of decision making. So who do you think the most vulnerable are? 85% are unmarried, 51% are under age 25, but only 18% are teenagers. 75% say having a baby will interfere with school or career, just like Sarah had shared with that young lady. 50% say they don't want to be single parents. So who does that sound like? It sounds like that career-minded young woman that came in to see Sarah's people. Um, it sounds like the girls that are at Baker College and MCC, it does not. And that's where we moved to. So we moved from downtown to right behind General Hospital to better serve that community of abortion-vulnerable women. We found that our... Um, our clients were coming from the 49442 um, area code or zip code, and that's where we are now. Um, so we're real close to where they are. If you like numbers, here's some statistics. At the end of 2007, we added ultrasound services. That year, we had 1,168 client visits, and 338 women chose abortion in Muskegon. Five years later, which is the last year that the health department has reported, we had over 2,100 client visits. 92% of the abortion vulnerable clients chose life. And the, uh, and the abortion numbers went down <laughs> by half to 177. But we're not gonna be done until that number is zero, right? right. Okay. Uh, we do use trained um, advocates and we are looking for more advocates to meet the vulnerable so if you are interested in volunteering please let me know I've got several different volunteer opportunities your financial support is saving lives and let me tell you about one client I'll call her Julie she came in just last week <coughs> and she was very abortion-minded her intention was if she found out she was indeed pregnant that she would abort well it took a little while with the advocate to help her to understand what the circumstances were that were driving her. She had a six-month-old baby, she's 19 years old, and she was ashamed to tell her family once again that she was indeed pregnant. But once they connected with her heart toward her, the child that she had and toward the child that she was carrying, by the time she went in for the ultrasound, she had pretty much changed her mind. And when she saw that baby on the ultrasound screen, 
a tremulous smile just kind of came over her face, and we knew she was going to carry, and indeed she has. Now we can work with her on those feelings of shame. We can work with her on her decision-making, and we'll do that throughout her pregnancy while she earns points for things like crib, car seat, that sort of thing. So indeed, your financial support is saving lives both here and in, Lake Sh in the Lakeshore area. And tomorrow, for those women that we have made appointments, when they come in, we'll be walking into the room prepared by the Holy Spirit, armored by God, equipped with the truth, and representing a host of Christians just like you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Isn't that exciting to know that we have a small part in what's happening in Muskegon and Grand Haven to really reach this lakeshore and uh, for those that are forgotten oftentimes. Another new ministry that we have supported, just picked up recently, that's been in our backyard for years and years, uh, but we've never connected linked arms until just this last summer, is International Aid. And newly appointed there is Andrew Orr. I want you to come and uh, give a warm welcome to Andrew Orr as he shares a little of his story and what God is doing at International Aid. Thanks, Pastor. Um, as uh, Pastor Ben mentioned, I am br brand new to International Aid. I actually started uh, September uh, the 2nd. But International Aid is uh, 35 years in existence. It's uh, an amazing organization. As you know, being right here on 31, it does a lot of, uh, a lot of amazing things. Um, when the downturn in the economy happened, things were really tough, and they pulled back quite a bit. Uh, and then they started focusing on really two things, which is medical equipment and medical services. So what we do at International Aid is we're able to uh, spread God's, the gospel throughout uh, the world through medical services and medical equipment. Um, one particular story that I wanted to share this morning is um, we all know about what's going on in Africa with the Ebola virus. And uh, we at International Aid are able to send medical equipment and services to Sierra Leone um, because of your generous support. Uh, we sent a uh, container that included um, equipment, gloves, masks, all of those things so that the Ebola virus can be stopped in the areas that we were in. Um, the uh, container contained uh, 50 pallets of, um, of services for, uh, for Africa. So we really, really appreciate your support. Uh, we know that you're a mission-minded church, and uh, we can tell by the flags that you do and the vision of the church. So we, ver we really, really appreciate all that you're doing here. Thanks so much. Amen. Thanks, and welcome to town. We had an opportunity in September to serve with International Aid at one of their hygiene packing uh, opportunities, and uh, we're going to do more of those and uh, look for other opportunities for us uh, to get involved there, and uh, we really appreciate all that International Aid is doing. The next uh, guest is from Love, Inc. in Muskegon. Uh, love in the name of Christ, and uh, this is Paula St uh, Scott Stewart, and uh, let's welcome her. Amen. Well, thank you so much for having me here today. I am so blessed to be part of an amazing ministry right here in Muskegon County. And I just have a couple questions. Have any of you known or yourself been so far in despair that 
the light at the end of your tunnel flickered more than a lightning bug on a warm summer's night. Love in the name of Christ has seen the desperation of the people overwhelmed by bills and expenses. We've heard the pangs of thunder for the people that are going without food. We have felt the frustrations of the local church trying to meet these needs all on their own. And we've witnessed the freedoms that come with transformation when the body of Christ comes together to meet those needs. And since 1982, Love in the Name of Christ in Muskegon has been forging connections between the church and the community needs, creating intersections where we come together to serve those needs. Uh, Love Inc. in 2015 will be transitioning a little bit to have a more comprehensive life skills class. And what that means is, you know, I, I work the part where I'm in the pantries and that type of thing, and I don't like when people continually come month after month after month because that means we're enabling people, and that's not what we're called to do. That's not what Jesus wants us to do. So what we're doing is we're doing more of a transformational life skills series where we're going to be teaching our budgeting classes, our life skills classes, our job for life classes, and we're going to add some gardening, some communication, some relationship building because that's what we're about, and that way we might be able to help alleviate some of the different things going on. Uh, we recruit students and we coordinate the class. This frees the churches and the volunteers so that they can focus on the transformation part. Our budgeting class, they're taught biblical-based concepts. We offer them a mentor to work with them. Our parenting class, they're taught the importance of the family unit. Our Jobs for Life series, they're taught how to write a resume, how to dress for success, interviewing techniques. We offer them a champion to walk beside them. Various businesses and temp agencies have come to these classes, and that gives our students a slight edge in possibly getting in the door and getting a job. They don't just learn how to get the job. They learn how to be the type of employee that a boss wants to keep. What we really need right now, we always need volunteers. We only have three full-time staff and one part-time staff, and we have an army of over 300 volunteers. And we still need more. Because what we're going to offer with this new transformation series that we're doing is you will be partnered with a mentor, a life coach. And it's going to be a one-year-long process. And with this process, you will be able to use our pantries and our resources and get incentives weekly. If you're not in that process, you'll only get to use our services maybe twice a year. Because we want people to hit that transformation because our mission statement is mobilizing the church to transform lives in the name of Christ. And there is no better feeling when you're working with somebody, setting goals, and you watch those goals being met through baby steps. You are a vital part of that transformation. And we can do this because we collaborate with other agencies in town where we screen the people, Muskegon Rescue Mission, Mission Prairie People, Catholic Charities. We share a database so we can see where they're going and what they're doing. And that way we can stop them in their tracks and let your dollars go farther and your volunteer hours go farther. When local churches unite and partner with Love Inc. to show Christ's love for the community, we're a powerful force for transformation for individuals, families, and the entire community. Awesome. Paula, we love what Love Inc. is doing in Muskegon. We've partnered there, and they we try to be a blessing to them, but I think they bless us more than we bless you. I don't know. Uh, you Because people come to, the, to churches looking for help, looking for need, and we are not really equipped to assess the need properly. And so we send people to Muskegon, send people to Grand Haven. 
on a regular basis, and it really is making a difference. And uh, we've also been able to partner where there are legitimate needs to make a difference and to support uh, helping with some bills and paying some things, uh, and that's because of your generosity. And so thank you. Uh, we've, we really appreciate what God is doing through Love, Inc. and Muskegon. Another ministry that's newer to us is Hope Lighthouse. It's actually a church in the Muskegon Heights area. And Pastor Doug, uh, we, we love what you're doing there. Come on, come on up, and uh, let's give him a hand. And uh, he's going to share what Hope Lighthouse is all about. Thanks, Pastor Ben. <clears throat> well, Hope Lighthouse is in Muskegon Heights. Uh, I'd like to say quickly about uh, home missions, how important they are. In my estimation, there's been about four major uh, mission moves in the world. There was Paul missionizing the, uh, is that a good word, missionizing? The, the known world at that time. But then after that, we had what we called William Carey and the modern-day missionaries that uh, was called modern-day missions. And then about 30 years ago, and, and I worked for a couple of missions agencies as well, there started something where we started to train up uh, indigenous pastors where they were, and we began to focus on training them and using them right where they were. And that was kind of the third wave. But there's a fourth wave, and that's what you guys are talking about today. That's what I'm a part. That's our backyard. That's uh, Muskegon. That's Spring Lake. That's Grand Haven. That's uh, all of our areas here. And so ours happens to be Muskegon Heights. And people ask my wife and I. My wife couldn't be here today, but I'll tell you about something about her in a minute. Since she's not here, I can say it. But uh, we're in the Heights, and people ask us for years. We started in 1996 there. We met in a closed-down bar. We met in the park for a while. We met in uh, a lot of weird places until the cockroaches got to be too much and people wouldn't come. So we moved and moved and moved until we got into the place we were in in 1996. But uh, we moved to the Heights and people asked, why did you go to the Heights? There's no money. There's no this. There's lots of crime. We said, well, we opened our Bibles one day to Psalm 148, verse 1, and it says right there, praise him in the Heights. So we went to the Heights and began to praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, uh, you know, or maybe you do know, the Heights been in the news a lot lately, especially this past year. And we have now been named by the state police the second or the first uh, most violent city per capita in Michigan. We just had two more murders the other night, uh, three blocks from our church. We've had uh, uh, two other murders this summer, two blocks from our church the other way. We've had two murders over at our men's house. We have a men's living discipleship house two murders took place there last fall and this summer and it's just all around us so we try to uh just alleviate the problems in the city and work in the community i'm kind of uniquely uh uh i guess situated to do this kind of work i grew up in detroit uh i, I was a child of the 60s i became a heroin addict uh for about 20 years spent three years in jackson penitentiary uh, i didn't like it much i never went back and uh, and so, you know, they never invited me back, thank God, you know. And I spent three years uh, homeless in the cast corridor of Detroit. Anybody know what that is? That's the downtown area of Detroit. Uh, been there. It's kind of a rough area. And uh, something called Detroit Teen Challenge came down there one day and pulled me out of the miry clay, put my feet on a rock. Finally, I ended up here in 1971 or 1991 working for this Teen Challenge here in West Michigan for about four years, met my wife. Uh, and my heart got stolen by Muskegon Heights and all that's going on there. Right now, our feeding program, and thanks to uh, some folks in your church right here even that have been supporting that part of our ministry for some time, even before the church came on, Ben, uh, we're feeding 500 families a month that come through our doors 
uh, there on Peck Street right across from City Hall. Up the street from there, we have a thrift store where, I'm telling you, they are the best prices in town for the best stuff. Kevin, no offense uh, to because <laughs> Kevin, the rescue mission has great stores as well. But right downtown in Muskegon Heights where Potter's Lamps used to be is our thrift store. And we just about give it away because really it's there, uh, just as the one gal was talking about toxic charity at Love Inc. here. We don't want to do that either. We want to uh, help people and have dignity and actually be able to come in and spend a couple dollars and buy something rather than just give, 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 give. Because we see that too. People coming into our food pantry again and again and again for years and years and never really changing. So we look for ways to put them to work and to help them have dignity in their lives. So anyway, I, uh, we, we're there in Muskegon Heights. We're, we're just uh, doing our best. We have a vertical youth impact program for kids that my wife and I started a couple of years ago. We've always worked with kids in the Heights, but we went through a really intense training uh, in uh, West Virginia last uh, two years ago and brought it back, and we're working with the youth in Muskegon Heights now, trying to make a difference because a lot of the murders in Muskegon Heights this past eight months have been teenagers killing teenagers, and uh, that really needs to stop. It, it takes time to turn these things around. It's going to take a generation at least, but the only way to do it is to reach them when they're young. That's really the only way to do it. So I'll tell you this real quick. I don't know how far I am, Ben, but let me, let me just tell you this real quickly. My wife, when we started in 1996, by the way, we got married in 1995 on April Fool's Day. That was my wife's idea. I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. But uh, <laughs> we started our ministry in 1996, and we met, as I told you, in different places. And we got into this one building and, uh, that we're in now. It's called the Fire Escape Cafe right across from uh, City Hall. Our church is on the north side of City Hall, the old unemployment office. And... Uh, we, we, we had to rip out all the floor bin because it was full of termites. There was no electricity. There was no heat. The building was falling apart. It was condemned. We talked the city into letting us take it. We started to work on it, brought it back. Now it's very beautiful. But I remember the first day I got electric work in there. I got a phone working. I had a desk, and I had a dirt floor. Had my feet up. I had it going on, you know. And all of a sudden, the phone rings for the first time. And I said, oh, my Lord, who's calling me, you know. So I opened up, I picked it up, and it was my wife. Thank God my wife worked full time. She kept us in food, you know, those years, lean years. And uh, she says, guess what? And I said, this is to tell you what my wife is like. I said, what? She said, oh, it's so exciting. We're all talking about it here at work. I said, what? She says, oh, haven't you read it? It's on the front page of the Mesquite Chronicle. I said, what? What is it? She said, the headlines, it says, the road to hell will be closed this summer. I said, Wow! No kid. I said, what are you talking about? She says, yeah, it says the bridge to hell, Michigan is out and the road will be closed this summer. And that's what we thought. That's what we need to base our ministry on. Closing the road to hell. Amen. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a fun story. And there are lots of opportunities right in the Heights to be able to partner with, uh, with what's happening with Hope Lighthouse, and we want to encourage you uh, to consider that for sure. We want to uh, switch gears a little bit, and the next three guests really are reaching the youth uh, across the lakeshore, and uh, the first one is a very unique ministry, uh, Free Water Experience, and uh, we are familiar with with Russ. Russ has helped us with some survival camping. Uh, some of the guys here have been a part of that. Some fishing trips and uh, just hanging out. Uh, but Russ has been getting into the schools and reaching kids that uh, the normal, uh, well, 
what am I telling your story? Come on, I'll get up here. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Russ Gable, friend of mine, free water experience. Share what God's on, got on your heart. How are you guys doing? I, before I get started on free water, I was looking at this list, and I, Muskegon Rescue Mission, we've gotten stuff from rescue missions. My family has. Um, we've helped out and donated things to those ministries. Um, first priority, um, I've been a part of a youth pastors network that has carried me through some of the hardest years of youth ministry. Um, my son is eight. He's adopted from a 15-year-old girl who was pregnant in my youth group because of pregnancy ministries. Um, she chose life, and I call him Connor. And uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm really humbled to be in the presence of these great ministries. Free water experience is, if you look for our office, um, it says Panera on it. It just doesn't, because that's where I do my work. Um, if you look for our ministry equipment, it's a boat that has a sticker on it and a big black Suburban that we just bought and put a sticker on it. Um, it is a very small ministry. It's something um, God birthed out of me. It was not my idea. I stepped out of church ministry after 16 years in youth ministry, and I just, God was calling me something different, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And so you know, like some Bible character that we now make fun of for not listening to God, I sat down and I said, well, I've got some months. I'm not doing ministry. I'm going to do what I love to do. I'm going to hunt, fish, and I'm going to take kids and do that. So for three months, I hunted and fished with kids, and I said, okay, God, you let me know what this new ministry thing is going to look like. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, I'm, this boy is saying, so you haven't said anything about, I know you know I smoke pot. How come you haven't said anything? I said, have you asked me? I'm happy to share my thought on it. Another kid is pouring his heart out because his parents are going through to a divorce. And I realized um, that's my ministry. God took the thing I am most passionate about, aside from my faith and my wife, who will be here at 11, so I have to put that in. <laughs> he took my passion and he made it my ministry. And so I've had the privilege for five years to be able to hunt, fish, and camp with kids and pour my heart out and my story to them. So one piece of free water is outdoor adventure. We take its hunting, fishing, and camping, and we share faith. We're out in God's creation, and we point to the creator. Okay. The other side was something God said, that's a little too comfortable for you, Russ. So at one of our first priority meetings, a local um, youth worker was sharing a prayer request that he had to leave the area and was leaving a group of kids that he'd been mentoring in a middle school. And I went home, and I couldn't sleep at night. And when I can't sleep, it's usually because God's not letting me sleep. And I, I prayed about it, and I called them, and I said, you know what, what if I walked, your last week is next week, can you just walk me through your school, and maybe I can find time to start going to that school. And that was three years ago. God has taken that little contact and blown this thing up to a point where I was able to come into lunchrooms with a, with a tablet and trivia games and a bag of candy and contact like 150 kids once a week playing games and getting to know them. And it was really, really comfortable. Um, then opportunity came in Grand Haven to change from that lunchroom format that was what I'd call a mile deep and about a mile wide and two inches deep faith-wise and say, what if you become a 30-minute club during lunch? And we said, okay, we'll try Free Water Club. I was a little skeptical because I like the lunchroom thing and lots of kids. And so I'm going to pray for 15 kids to come to this today, five in each lunch. And the first week that we met, we had over 70 kids. And I was, I was blown away. And they're in this room, and I'm like, wow, I can say anything in here. I said, let's pray. <laughs> and so we prayed to start our meeting. And then we started talking, and my theory was I want to build Christian character 
in these kids, whether they're Christian or not. Because when you start living like Christ told us, Christ is the next piece, and it comes together. And that's what we've been doing. So we took this club at White Pines, and we said, we're really, they're passionate. We hear all these stories about serving, and we said, well, let's do something. What do you want to do? Let's do something. And they said, let's make care packages for teachers. So we made 130 bags with candy and a handwritten card from each kid, gave them to all the teachers. Then we had one week left. They said, let's do a pizza party. So I haven't looked up here. Newly supported is generous. Ben called me last month. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this pizza party, we said, let's do a who should we do a pizza party for? And the kids said, the special education department, all those kids never get parties. Like, they do fun stuff, but we get pizza parties because we read books. They get nothing. And so they said, let's do it for them. So we took our 70 kids and met with their 80 kids. And with $50, which is here's how you're giving words, for $50, it covered pizza for all of those kids, plus a lot of pizza and drink donated. And I got to watch these kids who, who are learning to be little Christs in their school hanging out with the least and having a blast. And kids were so excited about it. And I was almost in tears. I get, like, I, when I see kids doing ministry, that's one thing. We also said, okay, I want to share more. So we said, let's do periodic events. Let's get them out of the school setting. Let's do capture the flag. What kid doesn't want to run around the woods in the dark? So for $50, that covered all of the snacks, all of the drinks, the ribbon that we marked off this football-sized field playing area, ribbons on all the kids' arms so they could tell. And after all this, the 45 kids that came heard a gospel presentation. My, my humble story of how our youth pastor reached out to me, and we had eight kids except Christ that night. And it was like, I thought it was going to be fishing, and now it's turned into so much more. I think fishing and hunting is 25% of what we do. Campus ministry is about 75%. Last year, Fruitport Middle School opened its doors and said, we want you to come in. Come into our lunchroom. The public school said that. Bring your tablet, bring your bag of Starburst, and be with our kids during lunch. <laughs> okay, by the way, $50 buys two-week supply of Starburst for our ministry. So there you go. We go through a lot of candy. After they saw the White Pines Club, they said, we want you to launch Free Water Club at our school and do the lunchroom thing. So in two weeks, we're gonna, they gave us the entire library. They changed the rules so kids can bring lunches into the library. They said you have projection, sound, and we'll announce it each day in the lunchroom, say Free Water Club is going on now. And we are so excited. We're, our goal is we wanna have about 150 kids going to this 30-minute meeting by Christmas and hearing about Christ in their school and serving and developing that character. That's our ministry, and we're so thrilled. You are the very first church to come on board and support us. We're this tiny little ministry trying to do really great things, and it's just a really cool place to be. So thank you, guys. Thanks, Ross. You like that? Fantastic. <laughs> I love the outdoors, and that's why I like Russ so much. <laughs> and we like hanging out. It's fun. Randy, come on up. Randy's not a stranger to us. Uh, we've been supporting First Priority on the Lakeshore for several years. Another student ministry. Share with us what God's put on your heart. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And there's a lot of family here. So I appreciate so much over the years what you've done. And I want to share something, uh, you know, and I'm looking back to this campus ministry like Russ was just talking about. 
uh, Mr. Uh, President Ronald Reagan signed that equal access law in 1984, so we could walk into that school. And those doors are open right now, but those doors could close to guys like Russ and I before long. So, um, you know, I don't know who you will vote for, but maybe it's something to think about someday when you're uh, wondering if we can bring Christ back into the schools. Abraham Lincoln said this, the philosophy in the classroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. Think about that. 1950s, 75% of our youth attended church. 1950s. 1970s, 35%, and today, 12%. Of that 12% that attended church weekly, 95% of them, of those students, attend school daily. Okay, see some of them in here today. Top three influences in the life of a, a, of a young person, 1960s, parents were number one. Um, teachers, then spiritual leaders. Today, um, that has changed. Peers are the number one. Student to student is the number one influence. It's not me. It's one of these, you know. And so, uh, then music and media was next. I know Kevin Newton's worked with that for many years, and uh, it's such a huge impact to the lives of our kids, and they have that thing in front of their face constantly. I have the biggest one. Uh, you know I do. <laughs> Um, after that, um, became parents were number three, teachers number six, and the local church 17. That's through the Barna survey. I say that because first priority is a strategy based on this for the local church to go into the public schools and set up campus clubs. Even what Russ does, what Pete's doing, doing the seven project is all based on our availability to walk in the public schools. And first priority is an arm of the local church to walk into the public schools, encourage students to gather together of faith and be able to be commissioned as the missionaries of their public schools. They are the light in the school. As said, the number one influence is a student. It's you. You're the number one influence on another student. No matter what I do, it won't, it won't matter as much as what you do. So I'm pointing to you young people here. <laughs> you know. So that's what it is. We're encouraging, equipping, and empowering students in the public school to walk in there and be the light of Christ to somebody else's life. And they do that. And it is amazing. Like Russ said, it's amazing to see when somebody takes on ministry and talks, not just the, be the light, but talk the light say the word Jesus because it has power. Okay? Think of a football game. This is how you've helped us. Okay? We got players in the field. Okay? Reagan's one of them. Sam, you were good to see you this morning, too. A visitor, too. He's in there. We got a pile of kids, about 500 of them, that pull up to public school campus room during the week in the schools we visit, Fruitport, Spring Lake, Grand Haven. Then there we've got more. we got friends in Muskegon, Zeeland, all over the place. Do the same thing all across the country, Alabama, South Florida, wherever. we got, I don't know how many hundreds of cities we're involved in. But with that, the players in the field are the students, okay? Now, every football stand, the stands have a lot of fans, right? The fans are the parents. The fans are so critical to get the momentum going. 
The prayer behind every school is significant. The fans need to pray. They need to see the school and pray when they walk by. When you see a student walking down the street, going to school, pray for them. The fans are critical for the momentum of what's going on. Okay? Uh, then we have those guys that are called coaches. Peter Benson's a coach. He's coaches in the school. He walks in there and, and he encourages kids in their faith and their walk and their ministry in their, to their friends. Without the coaches, that's our connection with the local church. And also the players are the connection to the local church because we're asking them not to bring them back to first priority. We're asking them to bring them back to your local church. That's what it's all about. So we got the coaches there. We got to have referees. We got teachers. Christian teachers are significant because we can't go into the school without some kind of person in there to be our legal representative for what we can do and cannot do because we have to stay within the guidelines of that place we visit. It's not our place. It's their place, and we're visitors, and we have to make sure we represent well there, and those teachers are significant to make sure that happens for us. Okay? Then we have, um, th th those are important people. Then we have our, our team owners. Think about this. If we, don't, if we don't have owners, the team falls apart. These are our businessmen, our business community leaders, and our churches, those that support what we do in the ministry because if we don't stay on top of that we can't buy pizzas and we can't feed those kids and bring them into the room we can't encourage them in their faith that's what's huge here so with that we need all the players the businessmen to support it churches the people the people is the church my my your brothers and sisters across town that i meet with on sundays and over here on sundays we're all the church so man we need everybody to work go against this battle um we're in 100 percent of the schools uh in, in the fruitport spring lake and grand haven area um we got about 500 kids there's 6,852 kids locally in those schools 500 of them showing up saying you know what i want to be a ministry or a missionary some of them show up because they're just curious they want to know what this jesus is about even from other countries because we have exchange student programs I've uh, met kids from Germany, Austria, and Sweden recently. Wonderful kids. I don't know if that they know, but may they show up. That's great. So here's what I want to I, I I thank you for what support you have uh, had in, our, in the lives of first priority leaders. And uh, please keep, keep us in your prayers. Please, please keep playing the game. Um, be on, you know, we got a lot of players on the field, and they need your support. Um, Judges 2.10, when all the generations had been gathered for, to their fathers, another generation arose, um, arose after them who did not know the Lord or the work which he had done for Israel. We don't want another generation to slip by. Thank you so much for your support. I love you guys. Yeah, love you too, Appreciate it. Randy, you are making a difference. Both of my kids enjoy first priority. My son just got involved. Reagan's been involved for years, and uh, you're making an incredible difference. Again, we're on the, uh, the line between Muskegon, Spring Lake, Grand Haven, and, uh, and uh, not too long ago we said, boy, 
where we've been supporting first priority in the Tri-Cities is kind of how that's described around the lakeshore. Uh, what about Muskegon? Kind of again. And here from first priority in Muskegon is John Fetter. And uh, come and share what the Lord's doing and how many people you're reaching up in uh, Muskegon area through first priority. Let's give it up for John Fetter. Good morning. Uh, thank you for allowing us to be here today. It's kind of hard to follow Russ and Randy since our message is our message and their stories are our stories. Um, but I just want to take a quick minute because uh, I want to expand upon how large-reaching your uh, support is growing. Uh, we are currently in two counties, Muskegon and Newaygo, and we're looking forward to a third county to begin to a heart, so Oceana County. We are currently in 14 campuses, um, one of which is Muskegon Community College. That is actually one of our alumni who's a coach there, so it is large-reaching. I am also a product of a campus ministry, and... Uh, it's heartfelt. I mean, you really see the growth, and the we're here to raise leaders, to reach generations, and to restore our nation. That's the mission of First Priority. So, with that, I'd like to thank you for your continued, oh, excuse me, <coughs> continued support and your prayers. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, John. Awesome. I'm so thankful for these campus ministries and uh, to be able to pour into their lives. Uh, it's making a difference. And uh, John, you're a board member with First Priority, working with Jim, uh, who we know, and uh, great job. Thank you very, very much. Our next guest is a personal friend of mine um, who is a mentor, uh, an accountability partner of mine, and uh, he serves in Barnabas Ministries. And I want you to uh, put a great warm welcome to Bill Fillmore, and he's going to share about the Pastor Care Network, okay? Love you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be back with you this morning. Uh, just a response to four quick questions. Uh, what are we about? Why do we exist at Barnabas Ministries, West Michigan? Quite simply, we exist to uh, encourage, to connect, and to better equip pastors for ministry in the 21st century. Uh, some of the major need in terms of the people we connect with, you think pastors have needs? Let me tell you, pastors have issues. They do, they do. But there are four primary areas that we seek to minister to in their lives. First is empowerment. We want to, you can't do ministry without a fresh vibrant experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so easy for those who often do ministry professionally to get so caught up in the doing of the ministry that the relationship with the Lord Jesus goes by the wayside as well. So encouragement is the second dominant thing why we exist, to provide safe and encouraging relationships where pastors gain perspective, counsel, uh, some advice, prayer from one another. Huge. Enrichment is a, is a third area that we uh, focus on. For self-care, you know, pastors, and having been one for over four decades, understand you get so consumed in doing the work of ministry, you tend to not take care of yourself the way you should, physically, spiritually, emotionally. We target those areas. Reinforcement is a huge area where we really seek to build a better partnership with that pastors would have with the congregations that they serve to uh, help congregations understand that pastors, primary targets of the enemy, strike a shepherd, the sheep will scatter. We cannot underestimate the importance of ministering to those who minister to the church of Jesus Christ. 
how are we meeting these needs? Probably one of the things that beats but to my heart the hardest, and uh, Pastor Ben is one in a group, Pastor Doug, uh, and we call them our John 17, 23 fellowship groups. They're based on Jesus' prayer that we would be one in unity so that the world will know Father sent the Son, loves the world as he loves his Son. There are currently 13. We're launching a new one this coming week, this week, in Muskegon, and another one in Grand Rapids will bring us up to uh, 15 groups. Each has five to six pastors to groups, so we're ministering consistently to roughly 80 pastors just in those realms, and uh, of course the numbers go up as far as other connections that we have. Uh, you know, we just get to encourage, try to be a confidant, a mentor, to speak into the lives of others. I get the privilege of speaking at other churches at times to try to help them better understand how to minister to those in ministry. Uh, a new thing I'm excited about with as a ministry partner, but also uh, one of the board members, we've formed a network, it's a pastoral support network, and that is to be able to connect pastors, not just in West Michigan, but in even a broader scale into a variety of ministries that deal with everything from preventive maintenance to crisis intervention. Also, I'm, uh, I've been invited to uh, participate in a local seminary to help better equip some of their students to the reality of what they will face when they get into ministry. Probably the most powerful testimony, if I could share this, I get to witness week after week after week, and that is pastors who are seeking to fulfill the prayer of the Lord Jesus, that they would be one in unity so that the world would know. To me, that's a miracle itself. Because tragically, often pastors view one another more as competitors rather than colleagues and uh, co-laborers in the communities where they are. Tell you what, too, uh, as a result of your support and encouragement and through all of this, uh, I can mark at least, at least a half a dozen pastors who were ready to pull the plug and walk away from ministry within the past year. And uh, that would have been tragic would have been tragic because they would have fallen uh, prey to part of the heartbreaking statistics where every month here in America, 1,600 pastors leave the ministry. And by the way, those who are going into the ministry, only 50% of them will still be doing it in five years. Thank you for your encouragement and your support in what we do at Barnabas. Thank you. The incredible work that Bill's doing. He's been a blessing to me. And it's interesting that out of the relationships, out of the John 17 group that I'm a part of, um, one of the uh, participants is Wally, um, Wally Harrison from Ecclesia Church up in the Muskegon area, a church plant up there. And in uh, this next presenter is Rex Curtis, who's a part of that team at Ecclesia. And uh, it's through the John 17 group that we heard about the need at Ecclesia. And we said, boy, we want to sow some seed in that area. And uh, in incredible ministry. Come and share what Ecclesia is and all those things. Amen. Thanks. Well, good morning, everybody. A uh, lot of different information and awesome work that's being done in the communities around um, I'm humbled to be here uh, representing Ecclesia. Uh, it wasn't long ago, less than a year ago, that uh, I moved from the Birmingham area over on the east side of the state and found myself attending a small church in downtown Muskegon called Ecclesia, 
uh, because my pastor in the Detroit area was best friends with Wally Harrison. Uh, so it wasn't a place that I wanted to be, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, it is a place where God was calling me and my wife, and we find ourselves in a very emotional state, particularly this week. Uh, pastor Doug mentioned uh, that there is <coughs> there were a couple of murders this week, and it happened that a week ago Monday, a program that we support and have in our facility is Embrace Recovery uh, for addicts and people that are struggling with depression, many different illnesses. Uh, I was leading a men's group, and in that men's group was a gentleman who was struggling with crack addiction, and he'd only been clean for about two weeks. And uh, I spent two hours with this, with this man. And a week later, I'm with his brother, and we are at Spring Hill Camps at a men's uh, weekend with over 500 men. Uh, we took 12 of us from our church. And at that weekend, uh, his brother uh, gave his life to Christ. We got back, and Tuesday, I see on my Facebook page a, a request for prayers for the Means family. And I'm going to get emotional because the man who I was with at Embrace Recovery was the man who committed the murders in Muskegon. I, I'm, I'm devastated, frankly, uh, that, that we find ourselves in the midst of the evil one working his, his, what he's trying to do in our communities. Uh, in that, there is light in the darkness, and one of those lights is Ecclesia Church. Wally Harrison is a young man who's got a passion for ministry. We believe that our mission, frankly, is to bring God and Jesus Christ into the lives of those who are suffering tremendously, economically, emotionally, spiritually, in almost every way. And we see kids coming into our programs on Wednesdays, elementary, middle school, and high school, who are from uh, three different fathers and two different mothers, and they're living in homes with five other kids that are from different families, all related to one another. They have absolutely no idea who Jesus Christ is. They've never heard. We are having the opportunity to serve these kids, and the money that you're providing to us allows us to do that on a weekly basis, and for that we're very grateful and very thankful. We appreciate that, Rex. And when I heard about the financial circumstances at Ecclesia, my heart was compelled to do something and that we as a church could do something. We could partner with another local ministry like Hope Lighthouse, like Ecclesia, and continue to make a difference and to reach the lost. If you ever wondered if our giving here from the Gateway Church was making a difference, I hope today gives you a picture of the progress and uh, of some of the burden that we carry as a church, uh, what we are doing. There are other ministries locally that we're supporting as well. And uh, we wanted to bring some awareness today to say, great job, Gateway Church. You noticed on, yeah, amen, <laughs> sure. 
you notice that the missionaries are uh, supported at different levels. Uh, $50 is kind of when we're first getting involved and saying, hey, we want to uh, support. We've upped the mission support for many, many of our missionaries. Uh, anyone that it was, has been serving for a year or longer to 75, and that's because of your faithfulness in giving. And we, we're saying, hey, as the money comes in, we want to bless them in a greater way. Uh, there are some that we support at $100 a month and, uh, and even more, uh, a few as well. And we do that because we know that where we plant seeds, there will be a harvest of souls that we will experience the fruit. We get the benefit of the fruit in eternity because of that. And the only thing that really matters in this world is reaching people for Jesus. Isn't that true? And we, as the Gateway Church, we want to make a difference. I mentioned earlier, it's our privilege to do that, but it's also our responsibility. We have a heartfelt call to reach the lost. Our missions convention, uh, the, the theme is so all can hear. And we want to make sure that our lakeshore, uh, that our region that we live in is covered and that we are making a difference right where we are. Strategic alliances with those that are serving, that we're linking arms with. And this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to invite each of our guests and their families if they want to come. I know some that do. Uh, and I want our guests to kind of line the front here um, this morning. And what we're going to do, and go ahead, just come on uh, as I'm talking, each, each one. As, as these guests have been sharing from local church plants to pregnancy centers to student ministries to uh, international aid that's, you know, sending medical equipment to all these different things. Let's just, you know, kind of spread, uh, let's move you all down a little bit so we can all fit. Um, our prayer has been not only to encourage you to continue to give and to be generous, but also perhaps God has put one of these ministries on your heart this morning to say, boy, I'd love to, to be more uh, active with First Priority or with uh, the, one of these student ministries. Or I'd love to be able to stand alongside pastors with, the, with Barnabas. Or I'd love to help out at the Re Muskegon Rescue Mission or get involved with Love, Inc. or any of these things. And what we want to do, we want to send these guys off with a prayer uh, and uh, just to bless them. And so I'm going to ask the congregation to stand right where you are. And I'm going to ask that you would move everybody here to find one of these that maybe it most uh, hits your heart as they shared. And we're going to just put, put on some music here just, just for a moment. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray blessings over each of these that are here. And I'll close. And then what we're going to do, we're just going to, uh, at the end, after the final prayer, we're just going to ha have an opportunity just to meet them one-on-one, -on -one, introduce yourselves, and uh, make those uh, alliances. And so I want you to move right from where you are. Come. We're going to put our hands on these folks. And let's pray for them. When you get, come on up, just put your hand on them and pray that God would bless them that God would use them, continue to, to strengthen them in their families and in their ministries. And we want to make sure each one is covered. And so we need everyone to move. All right, that'd be good. Amen. So when you come up, just begin to pray. Just to ask God. Whatever put God puts on your heart to pray. Hallelujah, Lord. God, make a difference across the lakeshore. God, we thank you, God, for what you're doing. Holy Spirit, have your way in these families, God. Use them, God. You've called them to this area to serve.
God, have your way. In Jesus' name, God, make a difference in their lives. Provide for their needs, God, I pray. Provide for the needs of those they're serving. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would put a burden in our hearts to continue to give, but also to continue to serve alongside these, to make a difference, to make an impact. Oh, God, so all can hear. God, it's about souls. And God, we're asking for your hand to be upon them, God. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Oh, God, we pray. Hallelujah, God. We thank you, Lord. Praise your name, God. Bless these families, God. Their spouses, God. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Praise you, God. Praise the Lord. All right, Rick Ebeling is going to close us in prayer, and then we can greet our guests. But let's close us in prayer, Rick. Lord Jesus, it is a privilege, Lord, to come alongside these ministries today. I pray, Lord, that we would be inspired to not only give, but to get involved. Lord, I pray that you would touch every heart here today and say, how can we come alongside these ministries and be a blessing to them to reach the lost, to bring hope to a hurting area, which is our home area. And I pray a blessing over each of these ministries as well. In Jesus' name, amen.